0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't we stand in the house of the Lord today? Somebody say, I love Jesus. Uh, that's why we're here today, because we love him, and we want to be in his presence. We want to experience his will for every one of our lives. We want God to do what only he can do, and uh, the only way to do that is to release our faith into the sanctuary today. God bless every one of you for being here, and those are online. And uh, let's keep in Prayer Our brothers and sisters, the Reemers, are in Lewiston um, sharing their testimony at a local church over there where Brother Reemer was a Sunday school kid. And uh, so, Brother Reemer's out there with Sister Reemer sharing their testimony. And then we have three young people out uh, in, uh, I believe it's Great Falls, uh, and where Brother Poindexter attends church. And so, we're praying that. All of our brothers and sisters travel safely and get home. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing and hearing what God has done with them uh, where they were at. Amen. Uh, quick announcements Tuesday night, we continue our Becoming Christ Like series. We do not want to miss that. We want to continue to allow ourselves uh, to study the scriptures and learn who Jesus is so that we can become more like Him. And the only way to hit a, hit a mark or a bullseye is to be able to see it and know where it's at. So it's kind of hard to be a Christian when we do not know what Christ did and who he was and what he expects of us. So I believe it's uh, 32 weeks now. In 32, I believe this will be the 32nd straight week where we study Jesus. And uh, there's no greater study that we can do with our life than to study who Jesus was and is and will be forever. Amen. And uh, before our worship team uh, leads us into the presence of the Lord, why don't we release our faith in the sanctuary and pray that God's will is done. And I'm excited to see what God does today and what God says to us. So let's pray and let's pray in this house. Let's lift up our hands right now and surrender and let's prepare our hearts and our minds unto Jesus. Father, we thank you For this opportunity to be with you. Thank you, Jesus, for the sanctuary that you've provided for us to be able to worship and praise you. Thank you for our brothers and sisters that are here and those that are tuning in online, God. Thank you for giving us the ability to get here, Jesus. What a blessing to be in your presence. We're asking you, Jesus, to be here in a special way. We're asking you to stir our hearts. We're asking for your will to be done in this service. We're asking you to anoint the ministry, God. Anoint the singers. Anoint the preachers. Anoint the altar. Call. We're asking Jesus that you would touch people's hearts, people's minds. We're asking Jesus for you to speak to every single one of us, God. Let your presence, God, have its way in this service. This is for you, Jesus. We get together because of you, everything that you did for us, God. We're not ashamed of you. We're here to bless your name. We're here to worship you, Jesus. We love you with all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our souls. We're hungry for your presence in this house. God. We're thirsty for you, Jesus. God, bless us with your anointing. We pray this today by the authority of the name of Jesus. And if you're going to worship with us today, would you shout amen? Amen. amen.
1: Hallelujah, Jesus. Every, way, every hand lifted. Every Nobody hand lifted. Let's just give him praise. Let our praises rise today. Thank you, God, for another day of life, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many know that his name is great? How many know that his name is great and greatly to be praised? Thank you, God. We love to call on your name, God. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, put your hands together.
2: We love to call your name, it's something we cannot explain. That happens when we proclaim your great name, your great name. We love to call your name, it's something we cannot explain. That happens. Hey! cannot explain Explain. that happens when we proclaim your great name your great name
1: Power in your name. Anybody believe that? There is power in the name
2: of Jesus. Power in your name. There is power in the name of Jesus.
0: Power in your
2: name. There is power in the name of Jesus. Power in your name. When we call you Jesus, things change when we call your name. Things change when we call you Jesus. Things change when we call your name. Demons tremble at his name when I call your name. There is healing in his name when I call your name. When I call his name when I call your name. Oh, every hand lifted right now. Why don't we all just shout out his name, Jesus? Jesus, you're in this place today, God. Healing and miracles
1: and deliverance will be restored today, Jesus. let our praises rise to him why don't we glorify and magnify and exalt his name Jesus we want our praises we want you to be glorified today Jesus hallelujah thank you God hallelujah Jesus you're such a good God you are a faithful God hallelujah Jesus God we thank you oh come on don't be timid. He's here right now. He's waiting on you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, just every hand lifted. Let's let our praises rise today.
2: From the inside,
1: from the inside of me,
2: may you delight. In the inside, in the inside of me, come feel my love. From the inside, from the inside. Of me, set me on fire from the inside, from the inside of me. of me. May you delight in the inside, in the inside of me. Come fill my life from the inside, from the inside of me. Say, From the inside
0: We slip up our hands right now in this sanctuary and just thank him for what we feel. Hallelujah. God, thank you for giving us enough discernment. God, thank you for enough discernment to know that you're with us right now and that we honor you. We praise you. There's nobody like you, Jesus. We're not ashamed of you. Amen. There's no greater life than living for you, Jesus. We love your presence. Hallelujah. And we're looking forward to spending eternity with you, Jesus. Amen. Somebody tell him, I love you, Jesus. Amen. And he loves you back. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles with you, I want to invite you to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 6, as you're turning there. God bless every one of you that were able to make it a service today. And as the days grow darker and darker and uh, the pressures of this world continue to mount on and against the church and the people of God, um, we are going to continue to believe that God is going to help us navigate through everything taking place in the world and continue to pray for your brothers and sisters and uh, lord willing we'll see you as well at midweek bible study on tuesday to continue to learn deuteronomy chapter number six verse number four very simple passage of scripture and uh, i'm going to modify it just a little bit as i read it for the sake of theatrics amen somebody say thank god for theatrics doesn't mean I'm going to have a smoke or any of that. It just means I'm going to try to bring this into your home and into your heart and into your mind. The scripture reads and says this. It says, hear, O Israel. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, that's not me. All right, let's try again. Hear, America. Say, that's a little closer to me. Hear, O Spokane. Hear, O me, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. With the help of the Lord, very simple message, and I feel like I'm just, if you can see what I'm seeing in the spirit world, it's, I'm like a little kid just launching a rocket into hell's kingdom, but I want to preach on a simple subject with all of the pressures that The spirit of the Antichrist is currently utilizing around the world and here at home as well. I want to preach on this simple subject, there is only one God. There is only one God. Amen. You may be seated. They got me a life water, which means they expect me to drink all of it before I'm done. So I'm going to sip it real slowly. Gives me about two hours. Amen. One of my favorite stories in the Midrash, which is Jewish writings, is the story of Abraham. How many people know who Abraham is today? Everybody know who Abraham is? You kids know who Abraham is over here? You know? Yeah. Okay. If you don't, I'm going to have to talk to your grandma after service, and because uh, you should know who Abraham is. One of my favorite stories is the life of Abraham. This. Story in particular, I want to believe it. Um, Probably not true. Maybe it is. I don't know, but I want to believe it because I like a good, I like good details about somebody's life. But one of my favorite stories about Abraham in the midrash is the story of when God is dealing with him about coming out of everything he was taught, everything he was raised to believe. His father Terah was a extremely wealthy idol maker. Do you know what an idol maker is? Does everybody know what an idol maker is? You just got to go to Toys R Us, go down to the toy aisle. That's the idols. Hallelujah. Already preaching. Praise God. And um, so he was this big famous idol maker uh, in the Ur of Chaldees and God is dealing with Abraham. At that point he was Abram. But God is dealing with, we know that God's dealing with him because it says that God spoke to Abraham. Okay. And what's interesting about this is, is between Genesis 11 and Genesis 12, there's two things going on at the same time. It's almost like we're living in the past right now, you would think. There's a man by the name of Nimrod in Genesis 11, and his goal is to gather all of the people into a city and build up a city unto the heavens in defiance to the to the message of one God. And so he, he's polytheistic in his nature and... Let me just stop here enough to tell you that if you think you can build your life, and you can build your future, and you can build your home without God, you really are a Nimrod. God is so good how he named him. But he says... The call of the world is to everybody gather in together. Everybody be a bunch of sheep. Everybody listen to Nimrod. Everybody come in here and we're going to make you bricks. You, you replace the B with the P and that's what we're going through right now. Hallelujah. Hello. It's a little bit of humor and preaching. Hallelujah. Should have done stand-up instead, huh? Praise God. Brother John, the world is making a bunch of them bricks right now. Just walk around somewhere without a mask or you'll see real fast how Nimrod's spirit is all over. And so we, we, we have the call to be like the world and believe like the world and obey the world and do what the world says and let them shape and form us and make us into what they want us to make. And at that very moment, God is speaking to a man by the name of Abram, and he's saying, hey, you got to come out of this nonsense. And I'm going to take you out of everything you thought you knew. But in the Midrash, it gives us some details that I really enjoy, and that is that there was a day when Abram was trying to convince his dad that even though they were raised to believe there was many gods, that there was just only one God. Because that one God, even though he dealt with all kinds of idols in the office, there was only one God that can actually speak to him. And so the story says that one day Terah left the house and, and Abram in an attempt to show his dad that there's only one God. He, he, he gets a hold of, of a hammer, What well, you know, back then it was probably a stone and some stick and, you know, tied together with something. And, and so he gets a hold of it and he, he walks into the inventory and he starts to break all of the idols in in, in the room, and and, and then he leaves one idol intact, and he places that that, that stone-breaking utensil right by that idol, and he just waits to hear his dad yell, and so he waits, and his dad walks in after coming back from the village, and he walks in and he sees all of these idols broken. He sees everything that they had just got done building destroyed. And he sees one idol left with that weapon right there. And, and, and the dad yells, Abram, get over here. Has your parents ever yelled at you like that? Good. If your kids ever tell you, well, I'm calling CPS, good. Give me a vacation for a few days. You'll be back. You'll see how hard it is when you're dealing with crazy people. Hallelujah. That's the crazy people system. CPS. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get sued one day, I'm telling you. <laughs> Praise God. So he shows up. Abraham walks in and 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 Tara says, Hey, what happened to all the idols? And Abraham says, well, from the looks of it, it looks like there was a galactic war. And all of the idols fought one another. And, and look, there's one that prevailed that's right there. It's the one that destroyed all of the other ones. It's the most powerful God here. Terah said, oh, Abraham, stop, stop. You know that these things have no power. You know that these things can't do anything. You know that these things are not real. And Abraham said, well, then why do we worship them? Why do we evangelize them? Why do we give our life to them? Why do we give our resources to them? Why do we give our emotions to them? Somebody say amen. You see, throughout human history, polytheism, which is a belief and a worship of multiple gods, was and is a common and worldwide error. You see, you can see this just study in ancient history, some of the civilizations such as Egypt and the Greeks. You study Amun-Ra, I studied him when I was a kid, to Diana, the goddess, to Zeus. These cultures believed and worshipped a god for just about anything you can think of. In contrast throughout history, from Adam to Abraham and from Abraham to David, from David to Cornerstone North here today in America, God's people... Have always and will always believe and worship exclusively only in one God. Amen. However, Satan and his fallen dummies throughout human history have constantly changed their strategies to get God's people and this world to live. idolatry. Most of us, if not all of us today, do not worship Amin-Ra. We don't worship Diana. We don't even worship Zeus or the Greek gods because we are sophisticated. We are beyond that. We're too intelligent for that. Those are fairy tales. And yet silently and strategically, Satan has made idolatry among us more sophisticated, more innocent, more normal, more acceptable, more cool, more social, and more entertaining. Amen. We would easily criticize the cultures that sacrificed their children to Moloch. We would criticize the Aztecs for sacrificing humans for the favor of their idolatrous gods. And yet, with tongue-in-cheek, nobody talks about the sacrificing of our children to Superman. Hallelujah. Nobody talks about the Spider-Man worship. Nobody talks about the Disney and the sports and the Beyonce and the politics and the Western idols. Hallelujah. You see, the devil's made idolatry cool in America, he's made it part of how we socialize, he's made it part of how we talk. He made it subjects that we all utilize. They're conversation builders when we don't realize they're actually bridge burners. Hallelujah, help us today, God. But tonight God has sent me in the midst of all of these idols that Satan has propped up into our society to go back 6,000 years and be a little more like Abraham and start smashing all of these idols that will exalt themselves to the status of God. Somebody say, help us today, Lord. Idolatry has been and will always be the preeminent sin of Scripture. Humans have a problem with deifying things. We deify others, we deify sometimes ourselves, we deify ideas, we deify politicians and governments. And God wants to remind us that in the midst of an idolatrous world, that God's people must understand and never forget that at the end of the day, there is only one God. Amen. Amen. Let me remind you today, brothers and sisters, that Adam and Eve knew that there was only one God. Adam and Eve talked to that one God. Adam and Eve were created by that one God. And what I love about the Scripture is that the Scripture implies implicitly and explicitly that the highest form of human intelligence, that those that are closest to the image of God have a revelation that there's only one God. There has never existed a human more intelligent than Adam. There has never been a man on this earth that knew God more than Adam other than Jesus Christ himself. And Adam had the revelation that at the end of the day, I know that I was made by one because I am one. I was made by one creator because I spoke to that creator. And he talked to me and I talked to him. And can I remind somebody here today that the highest form of intelligence that you can have is to realize that at the end of the day, when rubber meets the road, there is only one God. And he's the one that made you. Hallelujah. Let me remind you of a man by the name of Enoch in Genesis 5 that learned from his ancestors that there was only one God. And so instead of practicing polytheism, he sought a relationship with God that one god and it was that one god that did not let enoch see death it was that one god that made sure that when they looked for enoch he could not be found the bible's trying to explicitly teach us that if you're really going to make it if you're going to miss the sting of death that if you're going to go to the promised land to heaven you're going to have to develop a relationship with only one God. You cannot have a Trinity. You cannot have Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You cannot have Spider-Man and Jesus. You cannot have Donald Trump and Jesus. You cannot have government and Jesus. You're going to have to help me Lord. You're going to have to get a relationship with one single God. Amen. Some of you girls if you found out That your husband had two other women for a trinity, you would kill him. I'm preaching better than you're responding. Hallelujah. The trinity doesn't work because it's hard to give your heart completely to three people. It's hard to split up your emotions between three And so God simplifies a relationship with your creator by making it simple. There is one God, and that's the one you develop your relationship with. That's the one that you fall in love with. That's the one that you serve. That's the one that you give your heart to, your mind to, your spirit to. Because if you can't give it to one God, how can you please three? Somebody say, help us, Lord. It was Noah that knew that there was only one God as he was building the ark because he heard one voice tell him that judgment was coming to the earth. It was Abraham that knew there was one God and that God drove him to abandon everything he thought he knew. It was Moses that knew there was one God. So he went to Egypt to remind Abraham's descendants And to give Pharaoh a revelation that there is only one God. I don't know if you're understanding me here today, but you got to understand what took place in the Exodus. The Exodus is an incredible example of God trying to deliver Egypt from self idolatry. Help us, Lord. You see, Pharaoh was raised as a little boy to believe that he was a God. He was raised and taught that you make your life what you are. Your destiny's in your hands. And God sent a man by the name of Moses with a simple name and a simple message. I am that I am. And that boy went into Egypt and he let Pharaoh know, I know you think you're a God. I know someone brainwashed you. I know someone put that idolatry in you. I know that you think you can control your own destiny. destiny and that you have power over life and death but God said let me show you with my miracle signs and wonders that there's only one God and it ain't you oh you ain't hearing me hey I, I need you to understand that there is a struggle within our human nature to be gods among ourselves And so God will allow circumstances to take place to remind you and to remind me that although we think we are the God of our own life, we really are not. Hallelujah. I can only imagine, I can only imagine how Pharaoh felt when he was holding his firstborn. I can only imagine how the people of Egypt felt when they were seeing what their gods could not protect them from. God was trying to show the world let's get this straight there is one God and here is a revelation that we all need to understand we all have a Pharaoh within us oh you're not hearing me most people talk with the word I don't want to do this I don't believe this I don't want to hear this I don't like this I don't feel like it. I don't this and I that and I this. Because I is the entrance to idolatry. So we all have a Pharaoh inside of us. And God tries to show us, hey, I appreciate who you are enough to let you know that you're not your own creator. That you're not your own God. That you didn't make yourself. And that you can't fix yourself. That you need me. Hey, I'm trying to remind someone that Joshua knew there was one God, and this is why he demanded Israel choose the idols of the world or the one God that brought them out. The famous verse that says, This day choose you whom you're going to serve, whether the gods of your fathers, the Amorites, or the surrounding cities, or if you're going to serve the one true God. Because believe it or not, church folks like to have both. Help us, Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, Help us, Lord. One of the problems that we have as Christians is that we like to serve God and other things. And Israel, Israel had that struggle. Israel had that struggle, and this is the struggle that Israel had. Israel thought, I can serve God because he brought me out this far, but will God be okay if I spread the love? And Joshua looked at them and said, this is not how the God of the Bible works. The God of the Bible is a jealous God, because it wasn't the gods that you want to serve now that got you out of your dilemma. It wasn't what you worship now that broke those chains. It wasn't these idols that set you free, that healed you, that gave you peace, that broke stuff off your life, that delivered you from demons. So God has a right to be jealous because of everything he's done for us. Somebody say, help us, Jesus. Hey, the Bible wants us to know that David knew there was only one God, and this is why he stood up to giants. Hey, the Bible wants you to know that there was three Hebrew boys that knew that government wasn't God. Hallelujah. Man, I feel like I'm preaching to Democrats today. I said there was three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they had a revelation that the president is not God and that his government is not God, and that his senators are not God, and that what they would say is not what God said. And so they understood with all of the pressure to bow their knees to this idolatry. They said, hey, we have a revelation. There is only one God, and we will not bow to anyone else. Hey, let me remind you that it was Daniel that knew that there was one God. This is why when they said, stop praying to your one God, you know what he said? Throw me in the lion's den. I'll pray there too. Hey, our one God is real. Every hero of faith, every prophet knew and knows that there's only one God. Every single disciple that Jesus hand-selected knew that there's only one God. Hey, God knew and knows that there's only one God. Because he's the one telling you there's only one God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Somebody say Jesus is the truth. It really is. I'm not giving you my opinion on whether there's one God or three. I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm giving you what the Scripture says. Sister Paige, now we're going to give them some Bible. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 435. Look what God said. Unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord, he is God. I want you to read that second part with me. There is none else beside him. Nobody else. There is no three throne on the Trinity. Hey, can I tell you, you cannot have God equal to anyone else in your life. None should be beside him. It cannot be God and my wife. It can't work that way. It has to be God. It cannot be God and my husband, God and this, and God and the president, and God and the government, and God... No, no. There is none else beside Him. Hey, I'm telling you, look what the scripture continues to say. In verse 39 it says, know therefore this day and consider it in your heart for the Lord he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath there is none else. You know what that means? That means nobody else should ever even be in the same sphere of competition to God. God is going to save us and President Biden's policies. There is none else. Oh, you're not hearing me. Deuteronomy chapter number 32 verse 39 says this, See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. I'm, t- I'm trying to help somebody understand. The jab is not God. You're not hearing me. I said the jab is not God. It is God that can wound. It is God that can heal. It is God that makes a life. It is God that can kill. It is God that has the power. And this is why God says, if you're really in my, nobody can deliver anyone out of my hand. Well, pastor, all of the nations of the world are going to gather against God, and they ain't going to be able to compete with him. Hey, David had this revelation in Psalm 86 and 10. This is what he said For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. I'm not done proving my point yet. Hallelujah. I want this to go so deep down into your heart and so so deep down into your mind that when the world is trying to replace God and take God out of his place in your heart and in your mind, that these verses come back to tell you remember who God really is. Remember what God really does. Remember who's really in charge. Remember who has the power i reminded of Jesus standing before Pilate. And Pilate says, do you not know that I have the power to release thee or to kill thee? And Jesus looks at him and says, you have no power except it be given from my Father above. Because at the end of the day, when rubber meets the road, whether it's human powers, whether it's demonic powers, they all got to go through God. God is the king of the universe and everyone bows to him. Look what the scripture says in Isaiah 42 and 8. The scripture, the Lord is speaking, and this is what he says I am the Lord. That is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. God wants us to know in the 21st century that God doesn't need anyone else's help to be God. There's a lot of Christian or pseudo-Christian places that are trying to assist God in being God, trying to take the glory from being God. Hey, he is God alone, and he doesn't like to give his glory to anyone else. Hey, I'm convinced that as the dark days come and as the struggles arise, that we're going to see the glory of God greater than ever before because every one of us is going to realize it's going to take God for something to break and something to happen and something to take place that's in the will of God. Isaiah wants us to know in 43, 10, and 11, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be any after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. You're not here, right? The government can't save us. The doctors can't save us. Religious systems can't save us. Politicians can't save us. Nobody can save us. I'm going to tell you what the one God people need to understand. At the end of the day, God needs witnesses that can look at the world and say, We believe in only one God, and that one God can save us. That's why I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego so much. Because Daniel could not save them. Nobody could save them. And so they made a decision to go into the fire, be thrown into the fire, because they believed that there was one God that could save. And they got thrown in. And what did God do? You see, when see, uh, everybody wants God to be a savior, but we try to find ways to save ourselves. God is the Savior. 44 and 6 of Isaiah says this, Thus saith the Lord, King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last, and beside me there is no God. How can you be the first and say you're the first if there was someone before you? Anybody out there? Hallelujah. The only way you can say I'm the first is if there's nobody else. And you're going, yeah, you know, it's pretty lonely out here. God is the first. 45, uh, 45, 5 and 6 says this. I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me that they may know from the rising of the sun from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. 45.18 says, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. 45, 21, and 22. Tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared him from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? There is no God beside me. A just God and a Savior. There's none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. You think all of the governments of the world are trying to be the people's savior for no reason? It's a preparation for the beast. The governments of this world are all of a sudden concerned with saving lives. When they have allowed legislation that has killed millions if not billions of lives. It's not that, brothers and sisters, is they want us to look unto them to save us. And God is saying, no, 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 no. Don't look to your government. Don't look to your governor. Don't look to those people. Look unto me and be ye saved. Somebody say, help us, Jesus. What good is an M16 if you don't have ammo? Hallelujah. Isaiah 46 and 9 says, remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Mark 12, 29. And Jesus answered the first of all commandments. "Is hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. 1 Corinthians 8 and 4 says, As concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered to sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is only none other God but one. Ephesians 4, 5 and 6 says, One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. 1 Timothy 2 and 5 says, For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Even the devils know this Oh, help me, Lord. James 2.19 teaches us this. Thou believest there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Who better than, oh, help me, Lord. Who better to know that there's one God than the guys that were up there listening to him, praising him, seeing him, knowing him. They came down and said, we know there's one God, so we got to make many gods on the earth. You wonder why Satan said, I will exalt myself unto the mountain of God. I will be greater than the most high. I'm telling you that there is a satanic attack, whether through governor, whether through government, whether through people, whether through musicians, you name it. You fill in the blank. But there is an absolute strategy to get God's people from worshiping only one God to worshiping many. Jesus says in Revelation 1 and 8, I am Alpha, I'm Omega, I'm the beginning, I'm the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Jesus is the invisible God taking on visible form." Jesus can only be the second Adam if he takes on flesh to have flesh like Adam. Jesus can only be the bread of life if he is the one that gives the bread to life. Jesus can only be the living water if he's the creator of living water. Amen. Jesus can only be Alpha and Omega if he is Alpha and Omega. Jesus is the God of the Bible. Jesus is the God we serve. Jesus is the name we take on. Jesus is the spirit we're filled with. Jesus is the name we evangelize. Jesus is the one we worship. Jesus is the one we praise. Why? Because there's only one God. And God is trying to break the the, the attack from Satan. Because there's only one God that deserves our trust, our love, our faith, our adoration, our worship, our commitment, our loyalty, our talents, our emotion, our time, and our energy. But right now, God's people are being, I don't even know if it's the word marinated or serenaded. Maybe it's both. Praise God. See, it begins... It begins subtly. Idolatry is not, I, Satan has gotten real smart with people. Idolatry doesn't start as a blatant worship, a blatant disregard of God. Idolatry begins in small increments because it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And it's a little leaven that leavens the whole lump. See, Satan convinces you that it's innocent, that it's okay, that it's not a big deal, that it doesn't make a difference. And then before you know it, when you thought that you were just, just peeking out the window, amen, the enemy's already in you in the back door of your house. See, this is, this, this, what we're going through right now in the world is a preparation for the mark of the beast. This is all prep work. This is all the underground work. This is all the framework. This is all the stuff you don't see. The devil's not going to come out and say, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I have a public service announcement. The mark of the beast is down the road, and all of this is preparation for it. Okay. Amen? Amen? And so God is trying to, you know, what's amazing is, 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 is that we'll say, No, 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 Pastor, you don't understand. When it comes to the mark of the beast, I will never take it. And yet your mind has been marked by all the idols that Satan has because you give them so much of your time, love. What is God trying to do to his people? He's trying to reestablish. There's only one God. Why are you worshiping anything but me? Why are you trusting anything but me? Why don't you put all your faith in me? Why don't you let me be who I'm saying I am? Because the church, whether you believe this or not, is crumbling. Because we've been indoctrinated with idolatry. But in this church, we will have the revelation that creation started with one God and it will end with one God. And every single soul, give me some background music for some anesthesia, please. And you would think they'd give you, amen, some good news when you go to the hospital nowadays. Praise God. Nowadays, if you have a headache, man, some ways or somehow COVID morphed into a COVID headache. Hallelujah. One day, the Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord which is basically God letting you know of those in heaven above and the earth beneath and in hell, there's going, to be, there's going to be a day when every single soul that has ever existed, every devil that's ever existed, they're going to have to bow their knees and they're going to have to utter, Jesus Christ is Lord. I wonder, I wonder, this is just how my brain works, I wonder if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't bow because they knew that. Because they knew how God would feel about them bowing. And he said, No, 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 we're not gonna bow. I wonder if Daniel refused to stop praying because he knew, why am I gonna stop praying to the only one that can actually do something? He's the one that can actually step in. He's the one that can get me out. He's the one that can he keep listen, folks. Can you imagine, can you imagine how, this is my opinion now, I'm playing, praise God, something, okay, cool, burning calories right now. Can you imagine how mad God was when he saw every single person bow to that idol? This is my sarcasm. This is why God doesn't have me like as Gabriel the archangel. If I was Gabriel, phew, I'm telling you the messages would be different. I'd sneak away from the throne. God will be just be like, oh, I can't believe they bow. I'd, I'd just phew, teleport there and be like, Are you guys out of your mind? You wouldn't be in this mess if you bowed to God, but you can't even bow to His will, and you're bowing to Nebuchadnezzar's will. Y'all crazy? then I'd hear the voice of God, Jesse. Ain't it amazing how the very people that are bowing right now are the most stubborn towards God? Blows me away. Why can't you just listen, sir? I don't know. You tell me. Just put the mask on. Just get in the baptistry. Can you see the logic there? Why can't you just listen? I don't know. Tell me, sir, how long you've been running from God. How many times has he called your name for you to turn your back on him? Come on, how many flyers have been on your door and you ignore him and throw them away? Hey, don't talk to me about paying attention. Don't talk to me about submitting. Don't talk to me about obeying and bowing to these regulations and these rules. I want to know why you fear those that can hurt the body more than those that can hurt the body and the soul. Brothers and sisters, I close with this. You may stand in Jesus' name. I was praying last night, God, what do I tell your people? <laughs> I begin to see some of y'all in my mind's eye. I begin to see the, the struggle that you're having with all of these voices and all of these options and all of these demonic powers that are pulling at your mind, your heart, your emotions. God spoke to me and he said, tell my people, there is only one God. There is only, Pastor, what does that even mean? That means that your need, there is only one God that can meet it. That means that that healing, there's only one God that can do it. That means that that chain that you want broken, there's only one God that can break it. That means that that deliverance, there's only one God that can make it happen. God wants you to know today that it is time that you start looking at him for who he says he is. He is the great I am. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He's the one that was and is and is to come. He is the almighty, which means that nothing is impossible to him. Why don't we slip up our hands right now? Oh, come on. Why don't we surrender right now? Oh, God, we, we're putting away our idols. We put, oh, Jesus, we are putting away our backup plans. We put it, oh, God, we're putting away our demigods. God, we're putting away all of those things that we've trusted more than you. We're putting away things, God, that we worship more than you. We're, oh, Jesus, we're putting away things that we're emotionally attached to more than you. We're putting those things away here today, Jesus. And we are going to go ahead and start living our life for the one, only, true God of the Bible. Oh, Jesus, I pray that you step into this room right now and that you would begin to give revelation to every single person that heard this message. I pray that every verse that was cited today would begin to make sense to them, Jesus. I pray that our emotions and our heart and our mind, God, can be submitted to the one God of the Bible. I pray that we can have enough faith to bring our needs to you, Jesus, because you said cast our cares upon you because you care for us. Oh, God of the Bible, I pray that right now you begin to break chains that you begin to break insecurities oh God that you begin to heal people's minds give people sanity heal people's hearts God that you begin to destroy idols God that we begin to abandon those things which are dead that are not alive that are not real that don't have power and that we begin to adopt the revelation that's been given from old time from ancient time from the beginning and that is that there's only one God that deserves my hand praise. There's only one God that deserves my prayer life. There's only one God that deserves my heart, my mind, and my soul. There's only one God that deserves my emotions, that deserves my tears, that deserves my faithfulness, that deserves my commitment, that deserves my loyalty. There's only one God, and it is you, Jesus. It is you, Jesus. Whether I believe it or not is irrelevant. That is a fact. You are the creator of the universe. You are the king of kings and the lord of lords. You're the one that walks was and is and is to come you're the one that revealed yourself to Adam and every single human being will one day realize that you're only one. Oh God I pray that you would step into this room right now and help us overcome idolatry help us overcome the self will help us overcome lawlessness help us overcome what the antichrist has poured into us come on somebody Jesus is reaching for us right now Jesus is trying to prepare us for what's going on and what's coming down the pipe I'm telling you there is a spirit of the Antichrist that's trying to replace God in your life. I'm telling you, there are things that are trying to replace, oh, help us, Lord. There are things that are trying to replace your love for God with the love for them. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost has sent this preacher to let you know there is only one God, and it's time we get serious about Him. It's time we get committed to Him. It's time we get submitted to Him. It's time we put all our faith in Him. I put all my eggs in this basket. Come on, somebody, this altar's open. If you're willing and willing, if you're willing and, and to come to this, this altar and tell God I'm done living in idolatry I want to live for you, I offer my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you God because that is my reasonable service you're the God that went to the cross for me, you're the God that filled me with your spirit, you're the God that was there when everyone gave up on me, you're the God that looked past my sins you're the God that gave me a calling you're the God that protected my calling you're the God that saved me in his able to keep me saved. You're the God that is able to heal me. You're the God that's able to deliver me. You're the God that will stand in the fire with me. You're the God that can calm the storm for me. You're the God that is and when I see you face to face I'm going to know who you are because you are the only true living God. Come on somebody, the Holy Ghost is reaching for you right now. God wants to know. Come on, can you let me be God? Can you let me be God in your life? Will you let me be God? Oh Jesus. Jesus, help us here today. Help us God. We need you Jesus. We praise you Jesus. We desire you Jesus. Oh God give us the revelation. Give us the passion. Give us the boldness. Oh God give us the wisdom to know this is true. Come on somebody this is your call. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. Come on get rid of the idols. They can't do anything for you. Yes Get rid of the, world, the distractions. They can't do nothing for bow you.
2: down and say you are God.
0: Oh Jesus, you are God alone Every and there's none beside you.
2: bow down and say you are king.
0: Come on, all your heart, all your mind, start, all your soul.
1: Start right the, mom,
0: the Holy Ghost is reaching for you.